0: of This one who is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has come to rule and to reign. And we look for the invitations as they go out to announce the birth of the greatest of all kings. And we only see one. An invitation to shepherds. Lowly shepherds. Really, that's the only invitation that went out. And we have to ask the question, what does this signify? You know, I've said this a lot by looking the story, we can learn a lot about God, and we also can learn a lot about ourselves. See, in one sense, it's encouraging to me, because Jesus is interested in the nobodies, the people who don't have anything to offer, the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And in other parts of this, it's very offensive to me, because Jesus offers his salvation to nobodies, to people who are at the bottom of the barrel. And guess what? If I'm interested in hearing this message, that's where I'm going. Thank you. These shepherds who went had the opportunity to witness his birth but they also had the opportunity to witness the beginning of a battle and then finally they got the opportunity to see a glimpse of his burial there's so much more to see in this little manger well let's look at this threefold invitation number one the invitation to his birth you know we need to understand a little bit about these shepherds they're an interesting bunch the shepherds were religious outcasts. They were always with the sheep. They were out taking care of the flocks. And as a result, they were always what was considered ceremonially unclean. They couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't participate in the religious life of Israel because they were never clean enough to do so. And as a result, they were religious outcasts. They were looked down upon. here care the sheep, right? These were the guys. The second thing about these shepherds is they were social outcasts. Because they were going along with their flocks, they were always on the move, kind of a nomadic life, looking for the next pasture. And so they never really had a fixed address. And so they'd go from place to place, kind of like if we would look at gypsies or carnies, carnival people, you know? They come into town, they do some stuff, they go out of town. Whenever there's a problem, shepherds. They were the guys who didn't. In fact, Jewish law said we will not accept the testimony of a shepherd because they are unreliable people. They were social outcasts. They also lived very isolated lifestyles. See, they were with the sheep 24 hours a day. No punching of the clock, no heading to the bar after a hard day's work. No, they stayed with the sheep 24 hours a day. Savior. But then this other word is added. He's a Savior, Christ the Lord. See, the word the Lord translated the Hebrew means Yahweh. This one who is coming, this Messiah who is coming is not only sent from the Lord, he is the Lord. He is God who is coming. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes when you think about this, this is all the makings of an invitation, right? You ever get a wedding invitation? We're so pleased to announce what is happening, the wedding of these people. Who are they? Where will it take place? When will it take place? The actual address of where to go. That's what these shepherds are getting. They're getting an invitation. Now the question we have to ask is why them? I think there are several reasons why it was them. Number one, They didn't have a whole lot on their social calendar. Think about it, you know, hey Zephaniah, what are we doing? Take a look. No, no, no. You see, the shepherds would take a look because they were at the bottom. There was nowhere to go but up with the shepherds. And so they went. I think another reason was the reason they got the announcements is they would recognize who he was because they knew sheep inside and out. of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, this God. See, the reason the shepherds would recognize this guy is because one shepherd knows another. These under-shepherds were going, and they would recognize the chief shepherd. So they received an invitation, and they went. I remember when Leland, it was my fourth year in college, actually I just graduated, Leland was uh, home in Rome, and I asked her to come up to UVA, where I still was, to visit her. And so she came, and she went to my door, and she saw this, an invitation. Miss Lieland Bristol, your presence is humbly requested at a dinner honoring your wonderfulness, gracefulness, and unparalleled beauty. All of those were true. At the Rotunda, on the grounds of the University of Virginia, by Mr. Carlos Rodriguez, who is expectantly awaiting with promises of a most illuminating. Now, what would you do? Is he really doing this? Is this some sort of trick, some sort of practical joke? Or, I gotta go check this out. There's enough wondering in me that I'm gonna take a step of faith. And lo and behold, we all went to the rotunda, and lo and behold, I had a beautiful is to the beginning of a battle. You know, you get different invitations for different events, don't you? You know, you get an uh, invitation for a wedding. You've all got those. Maybe you get an invitation to a funeral. A little different type of invitation, isn't it? A little different type of event. Maybe an invitation to a birth. You know, one of the great things as a pastor is I get to go to all of those things and to participate. Each event has a different invitation. I remember one of the great, I got an invitation, uh, not to a church, but to an airplane hangar. Because it was one of those transition of commands. A friend of mine was transitioning out as the commander of this F-18 squadron. So, you know, you go into this hangar that's absolutely immaculate, and there's one of those big F-18s just sitting right there. And you're just in awe of this thing. It's unbelievable. And you see all of these military gathered together for this great event, which is, has lots of pomp and circumstance and tradition to it. See, we have this misconception of the event of Christmas. It's painted all around us, isn't it? This beautiful cherubic baby, Jesus born meek and mild. It's a beautiful picture. It's an inoffensive picture, isn't it? Christmas is very toned down. It's beautiful and fun. It makes great for selling with the retailers and Christmas is so much more than just the witness of this peaceful birth of this little child. For we see the message is glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among with those whom he is pleased. See, Linus gets it wrong, doesn't he? He says, peace on earth, goodwill to men, but that's not what the scripture says. It says, peace on earth, goodwill and favor to those whom he is pleased. Now you may say, wait a second, look at verse 10. It says, I'm bringing you good news that will be for all people. But the way a Jew would think about all people would be all nations. That this good news is not only for Jerusalem and Israel, it's for the whole world. For certainly the birth of Christ has not been good news for everyone, has it? Herod certainly didn't like it. See, what's going on here in this story is that there are three parties. One, the shepherd baby and her parents, and three, this group called the heavenly host. If you look at the Greek, the word heavenly host is translated stratia, which literally means army. Stratia's derivative is also the beginning of a military expedition. These are from where we get the word strategy, and strategize, and stratego. if you've ever played that. See, what's going on here is they're not only coming this heavenly army to proclaim the birth but to declare the war. See, if you look at this word, Stratea, in the Old Testament, it has 28 uses. There are only two in the New Testament. We need more info. In these 28 uses, there were 19 of them refer to human armies, and 9 of them referred to spiritual and celestial armies. Some of you know that story with Alicia, where you know, they're around and his assistant, and lo and behold, they're being attacked, and the assistant's scared to death. And Elisha prays and says, Open his eyes so he can see the bigger picture. And lo and behold, there's this angelic army with these chariots of fire. An army unseen. See, this is an army that has come. It's interesting. If you remember Jesus at the end when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane? And the disciples try to prevent his arrest? And Jesus says, Look, at any time I can call down 12 legions of angels at my Father's behest. that's not what I'm going to do. Twelve legions of angels is roughly about 72,000. And if you remember when Jesus goes and he sees this guy who's been chained, you know, this uh, person who's demon-possessed, and he goes to him and he says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Six or seven thousand. See, the only two times that Legion is mentioned in the New Testament is for the army of Satan The scriptures say this, Now war arose in heaven. This is Revelation 12. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient servant who was called the devil and Satan. The deceiver of the whole world was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in the the sea because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. See, there was a battle in heaven. Satan and the angels he recruited to himself to fight against God and his army, but they were defeated and they were thrown down to earth where they would be defeated there. And they were furious because they knew Satan that his time was short. And so this army of the Lord defeated the army of Satan in heaven has now come to earth to finish the job. See, there was a reason Jesus came. 1 John 3 tells it clearly, the reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's work. God says, See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive, I wound and I heal, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. See, God has come to earth Jesus has come to proclaim, every inch of this world is mine. So this peaceful, beautiful little baby is the commander of the forces of God. For two To his birth. They got an invitation to the beginning of a battle. And finally, they got an invitation to glimpse a burial. You know, Christmas is very interesting in many ways, if we think about it rightly. It's kind of like Good Friday. You know, Good Friday is joyous and it's also somber. We don't think about Christmas that way, do we, though? It's joyful, but there is a lot of somber to Because the birth of Christmas foreshadows the life in which Jesus is to live and the death in which he is to die. Do you remember the purpose of Christ's coming is to destroy the works of the devil? And so, as he has cast him out from heaven, he must destroy him on earth. But there's a problem, and the problem is this one Satan knows God's law, which says the one who sins is the one who will die. And though Satan knows that he will die, he says to God, these other people have sinned as well. So guess what? They're mine. And when you kill me, you're going to have to kill them too. And I'm holding on to them with all I can. See, Jesus came to rescue us because he came to die. He came to pay the price. This one who was raised was just like the sheep that the shepherds were watching Oh, so bittersweet to raise him and know him, Mary and Joseph, to watch him die for the sins of the woman. Isaiah 53 puts it this way, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him was oppressed and afflicted and he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears he was silent. See Christ is the one who comes and saves by suffering who wins by dying who frees us from being captured and so in his birth we see a foreshadowing of his death for the one who is born in a cave will be buried The one who was born alone, not recognized by the world, will die alone, not recognized by the world. The one who was born in a dirty home will die on a bloody cross. The one who was born on a manger that would feed the animals is born as the true bread from God who gives life to the world. The one who was wrapped in swaddling clothes wrapped in strips of linen to be prepared for his death. How could these simple shepherds have known? I don't know, maybe they didn't. But they sure understood sheep. They witnessed his birth. The world has witnessed his rebirth. See, to be a part of Jesus' is only to those who are uninvitable. And highest preference is given to the bottom of the list. You came to church today to hear about this one called Christ. Who do you see? You may say, where's my invitation? I just gave it to you. The crucified Christ comes. So do you see a birth all right.